This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're focusing on youth and money. As parents, we all want our children to succeed in life, and a great first step is ensuring that they have the foundation and skills to ensure financial success. So how do parents achieve this goal? Well, joining me with advice on that and how you can ensure your child has what it takes is Maya Korbeck. She's a CPA, finance expert, founder of the Wealthy Kids Investment Club, and sought-after speaker. She's also the author of From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for Young Investors. Maya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Nancy. No, I'm really looking forward to this interview and, and hearing what you have to say to help uh, parents when it comes to teaching their kids, because we know those foundational things are so, so important. And it's not a lot that happens in the school. So it really does come to the parents to, to sort of instill these things in their kids. So I think it's going to be a lot of uh, help for many parents out there. But before we get started, maybe you could share with our listeners more about your own background, because it really is inspiring. And, and was your own experience inspiration behind your book? Oh, absolutely. Um, I am a CPA, CA, and um, I, a lot of times people think, oh, you know, you just were really good with money and you were taught in school. And um, I, yes, I was taught some topics, but I think a lot of it comes from not knowing what I know now and wishing I knew some of these things earlier. Uh, I am a first generation immigrant. My family immigrated to Canada when I was almost 15 with two suitcases and $50. And I lived in government shelters and housing. And um, I just really had to figure things out on my own, especially because I came from a communist um, and socialist country. So, you know, I came into a, a capitalist country. So things are very different here. And um, in some of the concepts in the book and also what I teach on my social media and in my courses cover uh, these topics that I wish I learned earlier. Yeah, it, it is so important. I can't say it enough. And like we go out into the schools and do some teaching, sometimes on our own, sometimes through the junior achievement program. But I'm really passionate about, you know, starting kids early, right? And with these concepts about um, financials, um, you know, just simple budgeting and credit and investing, like compound interest, like <laughs> the sooner they can learn about that, the better it will be for them. So let's talk about why financial literacy is so important and the crucial role, I think, the parents play in teaching their their children financial literacy skills. What are some of the key concepts that parents should be teaching? So uh, it really depends on the age of the child. I always tell parents to start with basics, teaching kids the difference between needs and wants um, when they're very little. And as soon as they notice that their children express interest in money. So, you know, if they're asking them to buy them things, that means that children already understand uh, that money is used to ex as an exchange for things. Uh, but I personally like to also teach topics that um, you know, I was not thought, or maybe I did not, I was not a really aware of how they play an important role of becoming financially independent. So one of the very simple topics is teaching our kids to save, but save properly. So what I mean by that is teaching them to pay themselves first. So as soon as some money comes in, whether it's from allowance or whether it is from, let's say, monetary gifts or part-time job, teaching them to actually save a portion um, and pay themselves 
themselves before they start paying everybody else by purchasing things. Um, and then eventually once that money accumulates in the savings, um, I think it's important to teach them how to invest. You know, we all know that saving is important, but nobody tells us, you know, a lot of people are told, save your money, save your money. But a lot of people are not told, invest your money. So I think we need to make investing uh, more of a normal conversation, a normal part of our lives. It's just like something that we do, like, you know, brushing our teeth and, and get comfortable with investing, because um, that is something that our children can really use to increase their wealth. And as you mentioned earlier, compound interest uh, works for those who actually start investing early and I mean it benefits the most the people who start investing early so we really want the children to start taking advantage of the long time horizon and the compound interest uh, that they have and uh, to to build this generational to build their wealth or even generational wealth. No, absolutely. I think the earlier they start and learning about this, you know, they're really setting themselves up for success in the in the future, right? Which is so, so important. I read a comment that you uh, made, Maya. It's financial literacy is not just about learning how to budget or save, but also about developing a healthy mindset towards money. So can you speak a little bit about this and why it's so important? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really interesting because I have been teaching uh, kids about money for the past 11 years and helping parents teach children about money. Um, but it wasn't only it was only a few years ago that I realized that really the first step towards teaching children about money is to understand our own money mindset um, and, you know, how we are passing on that money mindset onto our children. And what I mean by that is that we are all we were all influenced about how we think about money when we were growing up so we really should reflect on things we you know heard about money uh things we saw about money the feelings money invoked when we were younger um, you know did you grow up for example in a household where parents constantly argued about money because if so uh, some of us may be avoiding money or talking about money um or dealing with it because you know you know, when we think about it subconsciously somewhere, um, it actually makes us think of, you know, the arguments that our parents had because our, you know, money is not, you know, it kind of, it doesn't induce happiness. It actually induces struggle and, and arguments. And so, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I've even heard parents say, you know, we're just so unlucky. We always lose money. And that kind of mindset, it really sets us up that, you know, we just feel like, oh, we can't be successful with money. We cannot grow our wealth. Uh, we are expected to lose money. And, you know, we may pass that mindset onto our kids. So we really need to be aware of, you know, our own money mindset, change what we need to change uh, and become more positive and think more abundantly before we start teaching our children because we want to empower them. Uh, and our words are very powerful, but it's not just words. Sometimes we pass on certain mindsets just by, you know, certain gestures or the way we, we do things and, uh, and kids pick up on that. 
No, absolutely. Mindset is everything, right? Like just having that positive mindset can really change like, like the way you're looking at something, but then, you know, how much effort or thought you put into those things too, right? Because you see it as something that's going to be a positive impact in your life, as opposed to something that maybe makes you uncomfortable to your point, right? If it's something you're associating with uh, your parents arguing. So I want to talk a little bit about your book now. So from Peggy, piggy bank story to stocks, the ultimate guide for young investors. And I have to say, your approach is really engaging. And if you think about it, many parents out there really don't fully understand themselves how investing works. Saving will help you have money, but it's investing that is how you grow money, right? Grow the value, grow your wealth. And your book simplifies complex finance topics such as interest rates and inflation, which are top of mind for everybody right now. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, index funds, and so much more. So even how it's written makes it easier, I think, for people to understand. So can you maybe talk a little bit about your approach and why you felt it was so important? So, uh, yes, the approach in the book is actually, um, or the book is written in a language that a 10-year-old can understand. And so it's really meant for anybody ages 10 and up. When I was writing the book, it was um, I had some testers, families with uh, children who were going through the book and just providing me with feedback so that I could change it You know, before, obviously, it was published. And what really was interesting about that feedback, um, it was that the parents were coming back to me saying, wow, like, thank you. I finally understand investing and I understand what it is that they talk about on TV or on the news. Uh, and, you know, I actually realized with that experience, but also prior to that, having my um, Instagram account and, you know, posting tips about investing, that a lot of parents were coming to me saying, I cannot teach my child about investing because I don't understand it. I know it's important, but um, I'm intimidated by it and I don't even know where to start. And I can also reflect on my own experiences because as a young immigrant, I remember um, knowing investing is important and knowing that, you know, that's kind of like my ticket out in terms of, you know, becoming wealthy or financially stable, but I did not know how to learn about it. So I remember purchasing some books, some adult books, and, you know, they, there are a lot of great books out there, but a lot of them just flew over my head. I was very confused. So the resource, my book uh, from piggy banks to stocks, the ultimate guy for a young investor. The reason why I wrote it was, it was really for younger me. It was for people like me who just wanted everything simplified in literally a 10 year old language, um, all these complex terms and how it works. And so the way I think the delivery is in the book, it really makes people understand why we need to invest that we cannot just save our way to wealth because a lot of times, um, the savings account interest rate is lower than the annual average annual rate of inflation. So what that means is that let's say inflation is four or 5%. Um, the amount of uh, the interest rate that we get on our savings account is less than that. It just means that inflation will eat away your purchasing power. So what you can buy with your money today, you can buy less of that, you know, a year from now, two years from now and so on. So the only way to combat inflation is by investing money, our money. Uh, so that's kind of uh, the gist of it. 
Uh, and it is important, right, to your point, you know, having money sitting in a bank account, yes, you're saving, but you're not uh, growing its value, right? So you're not actually increasing your wealth, which is what the investing is all about. Well, there's lots of debate, I think, about when you should start teaching your children about money and what concepts you could be starting with. So we're going to talk to Maya about that when we come back. Please stay with us. You're listening to a rebroadcast of Your Money with BDO's Nancy Snedden. Listen live Saturdays at 3 p.m. and Tuesdays at at 7 p.m. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Maya Corbick. She's a CPA, finance expert, founder of the Wealthy Kids Investment Club. And she's also the author of From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for Young Investors. So Maya, we were talking about uh, in the first segment, you know, the importance of really teaching your kids about money. And it's it is a debate about you know when you should start doing that and when is the best time and what are the concepts that you should be introducing so i guess when it comes to teaching children how soon should parents start where should they start and how do they gradually introduce other concepts so um when the parents should start is really when they notice that their children are interested in money so let's say if they're you know playing store or playing with pretend debit cards and credit cards uh, that's usually an indication that they're interested in money and again they understand that money can buy things Um, and I like to start again with teaching them the difference between needs and wants like for example kindergartens can understand that concept very well I have taught it in kindergarten uh, to kindergarten classes before and then from that point on we need to introduce more complex topics so so, you know, we can talk to them about, you know, uh, we actually can present them with uh, coins and, and bills and, you know, explain how different denominations uh, of money work. Uh, after that, you know, we can start, uh, if some parents are interested in allowance, we can give them allowance um, and then, you know, really teach them how to manage that money. Uh, teach them how to save and pay themselves first. Um, as they get older, we can teach them budgeting. One of my favorite ways to teach budgeting is um, by uh, involving them in the budgeting for their birthday party. So uh, at the very beginning, the parents will be involved more. Next year, the parents will be involved less and so on, where the child can really take on this uh, birthday budgeting process and do it themselves and just show that they're able to you know, manage their expenses uh, properly and not go over the budget. Um, and then you know, eventually, you just kind of build upon those concepts. Once they master one of the concepts, you you introduce different concepts and in your book i think it's really great the way that you lay it out right it's really fun it's easy for people to understand like you said it's written in language that a 10 year old can understand and it's really going to teach kids i think how to become a savvy investor which is a different concept when you think about teaching kids about money but i love it right it, it is how they they grow wealth right and the earlier they start the more that they're they're going to have. In your book, you talk about five investment lessons that every child should know. So I want to talk about these. Can you maybe take us through them? So lesson one is investing is the best way to create wealth. Absolutely. Yes. So it's kind of going back to um, what I talked about earlier. You know, we all know that saving is important and a lot of people are told to save, but saving doesn't really grow our money as, as fast and as well as investing does. 
So um, investing is important. If we want to beat the rate of inflation, um, we have to invest. Um, you know, the second thing is starting early is the best way to grow our wealth. So, you know, a lot of us, first of all, a lot of parents come to me and they say, well, I don't even invest. How, how am I supposed to invest for my child? But, you know, if we can start investing for our kids early or teach them to start investing as soon as they're able to, maybe then they have part-time jobs, um, this gives them enough time to accumulate significant amounts of wealth. And it's just compound interest. So, you know, I know math is really scary topic for some people, but, and I always, you know, encourage everybody to just um, forget about the word compound interest. I know it sounds complicated and maybe they forgot what exactly it is when they did their math courses back in high school. But all compound interest does is it just helps your money multiply faster the longer time period you have. So that just means that we want our kids to start investing sooner because if they do so, um, they, there's this longer period of time for their money to multiply and multiply quicker uh, rather than somebody who's investing as they get older. So, um, you know, we want the compound interest in the long time horizon to do all the heavy lifting of the wealth creation. And then um, one other thing that I like to talk to kids about is having freedom money. Um, I call it a few money, but for kids, I say freedom money. Um, and what that is, is basically, you know, if we start investing early, we can accumulate so much money that, um, basically that the the interest from that money can cover some of our living expenses or all of our living expenses so that essentially we can live off of the investment interest uh and you know working becomes optional so you know we can go to the beach but our money is working for us or you know we could be I don't know, for kids, let's say, play basketball all day if that's what you want to do or do something for work that you really, really love. You're not stuck in a, in a job that you hate from nine to five, but your money is working for you. And this is really possible if we actually start investing early for kids. Um, and, you know, a couple other things that I want people to know is that, you know, investing for long term is boring. It's simple. A lot of times people are looking for excitement um, and they think it should be exciting because you know they watch the wolf uh, the the movies the wolf of the wall street yeah or yeah so people think that's what it should be like right like you're constantly trading stocks and that's really not what investing for long term looks like it's kind of boring it's like watching paint dry um and if you want investing like to be exciting like that's just not it like you know maybe you know people sometimes think of it as gambling it's not gambling um it's like you have your strategy you have your goals you align your strategy to your goals and you just invest and you monitor your investments periodically but that's it like you just leave it be um and you know you, you don't really you know, you have to do your own research. You have to educate yourself. It's not complicated. Peter Lynch, uh, the famous investor, said that as long as you have completed grade four math, you should be capable of uh, learning how to invest. So, you know, there are basics that you can do. Like one of that's that's another reason why I broke my book is because it's so simple. Like once you actually understand investing, it is so simple. Anybody can learn it. So that's what I want people to understand. Um, and once you educate yourself, it doesn't take that long. You just let your investment be you adjust your strategy and look for excitement elsewhere
Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right. Like there's lots of movies out there about investing and they tend to put that sort of spin on it. But if, if you're someone who, you know, is looking for that and maybe you do have some money that you're willing to risk, right. To, to sort of have that excitement or look for that uh, potential um, big win, right. When it comes to investing, but that's not the norm for everyone. And certainly not the strategy. If you're looking to build wealth over time <laughs> that you should be using, right. So it is the long game, right. When it comes to investing. I think one thing that I, I, I think is really interesting that you say is through investing, parents can make their child a millionaire. And I'm sure many parents out there are saying oh, that would be amazing if I can set my child up for success like that. So what can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I do I give a lot of um, examples on my Instagram um uh, post and I post a lot about this and it truly is simple it's just simple math but for example if you invest let's say just ten dollars per week for your child from the time they're born until age 18 um, and you invest this money let's say into an index fund or ETF uh, which are my by the way those are my favorite favorite um, investment vehicles uh, you know, you can, let's say you keep doing that until they're 18. And at that point in time, you can stop investing if you want to, you don't have to, um, you can continue investing, but let's say you just stop investing and you let that money stay in the investment account. By the time they're 65, that can be uh, worth, you know, millions of dollars, like one, $2 million, depending on what you've invested in. Um, and of course it can be worth even more if you invest more money or, you know, if your kids contribute more than $10 per week, once they get their part-time jobs or continue investing past, past age 18. But I give a lot of these examples, um, on my Instagram uh, account and a lot of parents, I think they, they start to realize that this is really possible. Um, and some of them are doubtful. I think at first, because they're just like, well, nobody, like, I think it's more like because nobody did that for them and they haven't seen anybody else do it. But then once I explain it and once I give the math behind it, um, it's actually, it's, it's doable for everybody. And by the way, if you're interested in following me on Instagram, it's just uh, my Instagram handle is teach.kids.money. That's great, Maya. And I, I think you're right. Like sometimes people go, really? $10 a week? Like how am I going to grow um, to the $2 million with $10 a week? But it, it really is about compound interest. And people, it's a concept that I think people don't really uh, understand the power of, but it, it is very powerful. And just $10 a week, um, by the time your child is ready to get into retirement, they are going to have a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice nest egg there. Yeah, well, I know. Let me say, oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Say one thing. Yeah. One thing, you know, that I encourage parents who are doubtful about this is to do is to go online and just look up um, free compound interest calculator with um, inflation. And then you can literally play around with this calculator. And I think it's amazing. It's uh, it's a lot of fun and you can actually see how this money can grow. 
Yeah, and it's a great way to show your kids too, right? Like saving how little amounts of savings over time uh, will grow. Like it's a great teaching tool as well. And I know we focus mainly on your book right now, but you've also founded and launched the Wealthy Kids Investment Club. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Maya Korbick. She's a CPA finance expert, founder of the Wealthy Kids Investment Club, sought after speaker, and also the author of the book, From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for Young Investors. And we focused a lot on your book uh, so far, Maya, but I want to talk more now about the Wealthy Kids Investment Club. So can you tell our listeners more about this, how they can join, and of course, what the benefits are for their kids. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so the I actually decided to create Wealthy Kids Investment Club to help families learn um, about investing and to simplify investing for people. And it is a family membership club, meaning that, you know, anybody in your family can join. Um, you're all under like one login, basically. Uh, and it consists of these short videos that explain different financial um, investment topics. Uh, it also comes with workbooks with each lesson, and it has uh, a little game that comes where, you know, the family members can compete uh, and, and, you know, test their knowledge and what they learn. We also have a Facebook group where you can ask questions and we have uh, monthly meetings where, you know, we also have guest speakers that can, you know, that talk about investing um, and help others, you know, help members connect with each other and inspire each other so um you know to join you would just basically go to wealthykids.club so it's not .com it's wealthykids.club um i actually uh you know wanted the club to be affordable to everybody so it's only it's it's eight dollars us uh, a month and essentially two starbucks coffees but the idea is really for parents to learn about investing so that they can you know, start investing sooner rather than later for their children. And whether that's $10 a week or $20 a week, and not just for their children, by the way, I think parents should be first investing for themselves. It's kind of like put on your own oxygen mask first and then, you know, help others. Um, because we want to capitalize on the time that we have now. Um, you know, as we go through life, we have less and less time. So that money doesn't compound as fast as it does when we're younger. And we can, you know, as we get older, we the ability of our money to create more money is is lower so um the idea is to you know just kind of have this family membership club where everybody's learning together um parents are kind of you know leading the way and then children are following and normalizing investing for our children and just making it part of regular conversation yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, you talked earlier about your Instagram at teach.kids.money. And when I look there, there's so many great posts there. Like you're really talking about so many different topics that I know, you know, most parents out there are wondering about great advice and tips for parents. But you also have 11 money rules for kids. So I want to talk about those now. So maybe you can take us through them, why these rules are so important and how children are really going to benefit, um, you know, 
know, both in life and financially from these tips. So the first one is prioritize needs over wants. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a, it seems like it's a basic one. It's easy one. Everybody understands it, but it's really hard to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I've seen adults that struggle with it. Uh, the second one is practice delayed gratification, which directly ties into the first one. And I think if we can get our kids into the habit of practicing that delayed gratification, choosing needs over wants, um, this habit is going to serve them really well later on in life. And they say that 95% of what we do, we do an autopilot, we do it out of habit. So um, it's good to start getting our kids to practice these habits when they're younger. Um, Number three is give back and count your blessings. I think, you know, just having money is great, but, you know, money is there for us, I believe, to enjoy responsibly, but also share with others, people who are less fortunate. And so giving back, I think, is very important. It's very important for us to raise children with generous hearts. Um, Number four is mistakes are good and learn from them. We have all made mistakes, whether they're money mistakes or other mistakes. Um, You know, it's good to learn from these mistakes. So, yeah. And I think that's so important, right? Like sometimes people look at mistakes and and failure and they get down on that. But I, I really like to sort of flip the switch on that. And like everyone makes mistakes and the best thing you can do is, okay, what can I learn from this? Right? Like what take it as a positive, as opposed to focusing on the fact that, you know, something didn't go the right way or didn't go the way that you were planning. Absolutely. So, you know, let's, since we're talking a lot about investing, like a lot of people tell me sometimes like, oh, I don't invest. I got burned. Well, how did you get burned? Let's think about that. Um, you know, we've all made some bad investments, but why did you get burned? Did you listen to your friend that told you about some hot stock that you invested in and then you lost your money? Okay. So that's fine. Like that happens, but what did you learn? You know, did you learn not to maybe to do your own research and not just like trust blindly when people tell you this is a hot stock? Um, You know, did you like maybe you just need to like educate yourself so that you are well informed, you know, about what you are investing in? Or maybe it's just about hiring an advisor um, you know, and, and really doing your due diligence and hiring the right person, because some of us have been burned by investment advisors. So it's like, you know, or maybe you, you get a robo advisor, which is artificial intelligence, but you know, there's a mistake. Yes, you got burned, but it's like, okay, how did you get burned? What did you learn from it? What can you do differently? Um, the answer is not stop investing. The answer is how can I continue to invest and how can I do it better? No, absolutely. And, and so number five, I absolutely love because I think, you know, sometimes people think of budgeting, for example, and, and again, it has this negative connotation. It's what, you know, they can't do with their money. But your number five tip is have fun and enjoy money responsibly. Oh, absolutely. So a lot of times, you know, people, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the reasons why people actually don't like talking about money, don't like budgeting is because they just think that they need to save all their pennies. They cannot spend any money. And that could could stem from that money mindset that they grew up with in childhood. So the idea, and and I mean, I struggle with this as well because I am a first generation immigrant and because I lived in government shelters and government housing and, you know, had to make every dollar stretch. So even now when I'm actually okay and I'm in my mid forties, I'm still struggling to enjoy my money. Sometimes I feel guilty. Uh, So then I have to tell myself, okay, like, 
I've paid all my bills. I have put money aside for investing. Um, I am responsible with my money. The money that's left over, it's okay for me to have fun with this money. Um, I actually recently, for the very, very first time, ended up buying a designer purse. And the way, like, I could not just go out there and, and buy it. Um, so I said to myself, okay, like, in order for me to feel okay with this and have fun with this, um, I actually, from every paycheck that I had, I took a certain amount of money and I was saving it for months. And then in the end, I just took that money and I went and I bought a designer purse because I really wanted one and I am financially able to do so. And I'm financially responsible and it's, it's fun wearing this purse. I'm enjoying it. So I just want people to understand that having fun with money is okay. As long as we are responsible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, it's about planning for, for those things, right? So one of the things that we work um, with clients on and, and, you know, talking with our, our good friends at Credit Counseling Newfoundland Labrador, you're, as long as you're budgeting for something, it's okay, right? You don't need to feel that guilt factor about doing something with your money that you enjoy as long as you're planning for it in your budget, right? That's, that's what it comes down to, right? You don't want to be... Um, you know, irresponsible with your money and, and going out and doing things that you are having fun with, uh, without planning for the things that you need in your budget, right? Like your debt repayments and, you know, your power bill and like all those things. But as long as you're planning for that stuff, and maybe it means that you do need to save for a bit to be able to do it to your point, Maya, but you know, it's all about, um, that it's sort of responsible planning with your money and making sure that you are, you know, you work hard for your money. You want to make sure that, you know, you are enjoying the fruits of your labor to some extent or to the extent that, that you can. So I, I really love that one. So you also say before spending, save a portion of income. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that whole concept of pay yourself first. Um, I think, you know, if we can all practice that, whether we're children or adults, I think that really helps. Um, and so, you know, I encourage all adults too. as soon as you get your paycheck, put aside a little bit and then, you know, start allocating as well to things that are important, like debt repayment, um, investing, uh, paying your bills and everything else. Um, number seven, I think it's uh, don't prioritize money over health and family. I think this one's a huge one. Um, I had a, 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 something happened in my family when my children were little. And at that point, I was already teaching kids about money for past, like for about five years. And because I talk about it so much, I mean, my whole day revolves around money, 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 talking about money. Um, I remember my son saying to me one day, he's like, mom, money is the most important thing in life. And I just remember like freezing. I was like, oh my goodness. Like I froze. I just didn't know what to say to him. I was like, why would you think that? And he's like, well, because you talk about money all the time. And I realized I was talking about money so much that I forgot to talk about, you know, the importance of our health that, you know, the, the importance of our family and friends. So um, it's it really is important to teach our children that these things are more important than money. No, absolutely. And so number eight, we've talked quite a bit about investing creates more wealth than saving money, right? That mm -hmm. compound interest, we've talked about that. Number nine, um, I'd like to get into this. So we're, we need to go to break, but when we come back, I do want to talk about this one. Abundance mindset is the core of financial success. So we're going to get into that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening 
listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So I'm joined today by Maya Corbick. She's a CPA, finance expert, founder of the Wealthy Kids Investment Club. And she's also the author of From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for Young Investors. So Maya, you've had some really great advice today about um, you know teaching kids about money, the importance of starting them off early when it comes to uh, investing and understanding um, what that can do for them and setting them up for financial success. And you've got 11 money rules for kids. And we started going through them in the last segment. Number nine, uh, maybe we can get into that one now. Abundance mindset is the core of financial success. So what do you mean by that? So what I mean is that um, a lot of us have scarcity mindset, meaning that, you know, there's not enough money to go around. Um, you know, we have to work really hard for the money to to come to us. Um, but, you know, some, some of us think of that, of money as like, again, as I talked about it before, you know, money is just not going to stay around. We're going to lose it because our family always loses money. Um, but instead, you know, we need to flip that narrative and and really think about that there really is enough money for all of us and there are a lot of opportunities for us to earn money um and it's it also like there's a lot of opportunity for us to give money and the money will come back so you know supporting charitable causes uh and donating that money um you know doesn't mean that you know we're going to have less money there are ways of thinking about it so that actually money is is more like they say i know this is going to sound a little fluffy but money is just energy it just like the more you give the more it comes back to you yeah and i think you know giving back uh to your community it, it comes it does come back to you many different ways right so it's not necessarily increasing um your wealth per se um but it's that sort of feel good knowing that you're helping someone else Right. And there's Absolutely. a lot of people out there that need that help, uh, especially now in today's economy. So number 10 and 11, we have never stopped learning and keeping in, in, increasing your earning power. We've talked a lot about that through the show and how important that is uh, for parents and kids. Right. To continue building that financial literacy. And then the last one is create passive income. So uh, I guess what can you tell us about that one? I think this is one that I wish I understood when I was growing up. I mean, I was always taught to work hard, which is important, um, but working hard and exchanging our money or our time for the money is kind of like how most of us have been raised to think about money. But there are also um, there's also something called passive income. And one of it, one of the examples is investing our money and having that money grow for us. So what in passive income really is, is like working for that money once. And then when you work that labor that you put in essentially continues to create sources of income sources of money for you so whether that's through investing or it could be you know creating let's say uh, courses online on something that you're a specialist in and you know you put in the work once but that course keeps um, creating revenue for you and generating more money so that's I, I just um, the reason why I think that's really important is because I think it's important to teach our children. And there's, there are two different ways of earning money. One is active when you are exchanging that time for money. And one is passive where we have created, you know, resources or done things with our money 
so that that money can work for us. And, you know, we could be on the beach, we could be sleeping, but the, that money is creating us more money. And that's not too many people talk about the power of passive income. No, but it is an important one. I agree. So Maya, I want to get into, I think something that's been debated quite a lot um, among parents, right? It is a bit of a hot topic. So it's around allowances for kids. So I guess the first question would be, should children be paid an allowance? Uh, And if so, what are the benefits of having an allowance and, and how should it be managed? So Nancy, yes, that's a very, very hot topic. Um, it's something that I have witnessed parents argue uh, about. Uh, so the thing about allowance and something that I've realized over the last 11 years is that there is no one way of doing it. Um, however, before I actually start talking about how to do allowance, and they, by the way, there are four different uh, ways of approaching allowance, and you can choose one that works best for your family. Um, I want to specify that allowance is not a gift. A lot of times we think of when we give money to somebody that you know we're gifting them money. But in this case, Uh, allowance is a teaching tool. It helps children learn how to manage money when the dollar values are low and the stakes are not very high. So it's better that they make their mistakes with low dollar amounts now when they're little, rather than when they, um, let's say, graduate from university, have a six-figure salary. Those mistakes then are a lot more costly. So with respect to the four different uh, allowance methods, you just really need to pick one that aligns with you and your family and you can try it and also if it doesn't work you can try something different and then you know when try when you try something different like that doesn't mean that you failed at the first approach it just means that you know you are trying to figure out what is best for your for you and for your child so the first one is obviously uh, tying in allowance to chores and parents who support this allowance method want their children to understand they have to work hard for their money um, the money doesn't grow on trees so every time obviously they do a chore they get paid if they don't do chores they don't get paid the second allowance method is completely opposite um, it's allowance uh, you basically give your child allowance and it's not tied to the chores um, the parents who support this allowance method believe that Um, giving allowance to their kids is a teaching tool. So it teaches them to manage that money and they still need to contribute to the household because they're a member of a family unit and do the chores. However, if they don't do the chores, um, they will lose an opportunity for a play date or video games or screen time. Um, But the idea is that, you know, they still contribute to the family. They get this money because the money is there for them to learn how to manage. Um, And they also, these parents also believe that Uh, you know, one day when our kids get older, nobody's going to pay them to make their bed or empty out the dishwasher. This is just something they'll have to do because they're part of a family unit or this is just what adults do. The third allowance method is the hybrid of the first two. So essentially you can give your child some money that's not tied to chores. So that allows your child to practice managing that money, but they also have opportunities to learn how to, or sorry, to earn money. So So um, you could actually give them opportunities to um, earn money by doing things for you that maybe you pay somebody else. Perhaps, you know, you put your car through a car wash. So instead of, I don't know, paying 
10, $13 for a car wash, you know, you can give that to your teenager, you know, if they wash your car. So there are opportunities for them to actually earn money. And the fourth allowance method is no allowance at all. Some people feel very strongly about this. They actually don't want to give allowance to their kids. Um, however, if that is you, I suggest that you find alternative ways of introducing your kids to money management. So it could be what we talked about earlier, you know, giving them opportunity to manage their birthday party budget or, you know, going back to school budget. And the most important thing is that you set the stellar example uh, of how to manage money because your children will be watching you and they're, they're like sponges. They will do everything that you are doing and they will, um, you know, replicate that as they get older. No, I think that's great. And, and you know, it, it is about choice, right? And the parents out there and what they think is the best route for, for their kids and paying them an allowance or choosing not to. But I think the teaching moments are what are most important, regardless of, how, of which one of those four um, they choose for their family, Maya. Well, it's been really great having you on the show today. You've had such great advice for parents out there when it comes to teaching their kids about money. But I think also taking that additional step of talking about and learning about investing. Um, uh, which, to your point, many parents out there um, are learning themselves, right, as, a, as they're teaching their kids, which is great. But we have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought, final piece of advice today, what would it be? Um, I think I would just say that, you know, if you are struggling with money management yourself, um, you know, don't despair. Uh, you could be learning alongside your child and um, teaching them proper money management. Um, and especially for those parents who want to learn about investing, it's never too late. Again, you know, you need to take the lead and start learning and, and showing it to your child. There's no shame in telling your child that when you were growing up, nobody taught you. The school didn't teach you. You didn't learn from your parents. But you are responsible and you are taking charge and uh, changing your family's generational wealth trajectory by teaching yourself and also by imparting that knowledge on your children. No, absolutely. It's never too late, right, to start learning. It's never too late uh, to start teaching your kids about money. You know, as they, maybe they've gotten older and um, you're like, you know, I really need to, to start helping them get set up for success. And you learn together, right? It's something that you do together as a, as a family thing, as opposed to, you know, I know it all and now I'm going to pass on the information. So whatever the situation is, just understand that it's, it's important and uh, never too late to start, never too early to start either as long as it's a concept that, you know, your kid is age appropriate for your child to, to start learning. Well, Maya, if people wanted to connect more with you, get some more advice, follow you on social or get a copy of your book, what's the best way for them to do this? Yeah, so I am on Instagram and I post a lot of free tips for parents. Um, my Instagram handle is teach.kids.money. Um, I also, as you said, Nancy, have a book. It's called From Piggy Banks to Stocks, The Ultimate Guide for a Young Investor. It's available on Amazon. It's also available online uh, on Walmart website or Indigo and Chapters website. And uh, I have Wealthy Kids Investment Club uh, that teaches families how to successfully invest and become less intimidated by investing. And you can check that out by going to wealthykids.club. So it's not .com, it's wealthykids.club, C-L-U-B. 
That's great. Well, thanks again for joining us today. And of course, for our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. I always want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or question or even a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney at bdo.ca or call me at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney at bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, licensed insolvency trustees on your VOCM.